How's it going? How's it going, bro? How's everything? Uh, it's good, man. It's good. I'm chilling. Uh, right now, you know, I just got done eating some food, you know, just packing. I have a flight tomorrow to, like, I'm going out of, uh, out of the States, so... So it's just ready to go, you know. I'm in go mode right now. I have a flight, and uh, I just came back from a workout, and you know, had a good day so far. How how are you doing though? How's your day been? Good, man. Good. I actually just came back from eating outside. So you know Bombay Blue, right? So my brother, my sister-in-law, and I just went and ate there. So that was pretty cool. And then we stopped by West Patterson Falls because my sister-in-law wanted to go there. Oh, that's cool! Isn't it crazy how like right after we eat, we want to walk? Yeah, exactly. You want to burn up all those calories you just consumed. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I always think uh, I see a lot of people in New Jersey going to uh, this place called uh, Grounds of Sculpture. I think it's, it's around like Hamilton, New Jersey, but it looks pretty cool. So you might want to let your sister-in-law and uh, Kunal know to go there because it's like it's a spot. It's like kind of cool just for a walk, but it's like, you know, it's structural architectural views. And it's like what's cool it called again? uh grounds of sculpture grounds of sculpture okay got it yeah it's in uh hamilton new jersey or around the princeton area ish uh it's way south i would say from us like from like i'm I'm from north jersey right so it's way south but uh yeah bro uh tell me about why you want to uh be on here i know you wanted to start your own uh podcast right did you like make your own account or anything like that or well yeah i'm sorry to interrupt there so yeah i'm still working through everything so basically, when I lived in the West Coast, so I lived in the West Coast for about five months, right? A good friend of mine and myself, we decided that we wanted to start a podcast. And so the theme was basically to dig deep into people's stories, try to connect the dots between their life experiences and some of the stuff that they're doing right now that's exceptional, whether that be career-wise, you know, entrepreneurial ventures, philanthropical ventures, anything like that. So the whole idea was that it's an opportunity for the both of us to learn from other people and at the same time be able to have interesting guests that we believe anyone that's listening would be able to obtain value from. So that was the premise of starting it. And I reached out to you because I vaguely remember that you had some kind of podcast going on, um, The Healthy Indian, which I believe is fitness-based. So I thought you'd be a great person to ask in terms of like what it takes to, in terms of platforms to use, in terms of distribution for what it takes to get a, a podcast off the ground. So when you first start, you have your, it's usually the direction of your podcast is very hard to pinpoint because sometimes you have so many ideas and and I understand it's called, a, it's I forgot the term exactly, but it's like called a creator struggle. And it's kind of like you're constantly thinking about creating, right? Like your next, uh, I guess like masterpiece or artwork, you could call it. So you want to make sure you deliver on that artwork with the best of your ability. So for me, it went from becoming into a fitness podcast. Now it's like a mental health podcast. But now I'm trying to understand where people are coming from because I generally realize like, okay, I like mental health and fitness, but I also like understanding why your passions are there, right? Like, so if you like real estate, for example, and it, or if you're into hiking or if you're in a right? Or if you're yep. in philanthropy, right? You're just a philanthropic adventure. So you must be in a town in the world, meet people, igniting a passion, you know, for others and sharing ideas um it i usually go off like what you like and i try to incorporate it into people who are very into like having better mental health or fitness but usually i even had a person on this podcast come and talk about his med school experiences and stuff so it's a very open podcast but 
I like to talk about you and to understand you. So if there's other people out there like for philanthropy or uh, just exploring the world, seeing new things, like maybe like the thing you did, you lived in the West Coast for a little while, right? Like other people that are in your shoes or aspiring to be like you, I want them to under, like use this podcast as a platform for them to like not be fearful because, you know, making a shift from East Coast to West Coast, considering our age, it's really hard for somebody to just like take that jump because they're scared, right? They're like, oh, it's risky. What if, you know, the fear of being alone and stuff, it's it's hard, right? Like in the beginning, you've had it rough, but then eventually you learn to adapt like anybody else. So like, you know, just, I would say like for your first few podcasts, maybe like just go off as much as you want to post and then see like what you like to post. Like you truly feel that you really like to post and then you'll realize like, okay, maybe I am more for adventures, but I also like it when someone talks to me about their family and their family adventures. Maybe you could make like a channel about like Indian uh, adventures with like, like, family or something or like your 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 best friend right like something that kind of intrigues you because i think if you like what you post you're gonna love doing it more um but if you don't like what you post and you play the numbers game i think you're gonna find it a chore to post and at one point it might be a burnout period so you gotta post whenever you feel like me personally i post whenever i want i would take two months off one month off because I feel like for me, like sometimes I just have so much going on that I don't have a chance. But then when I have a chance, I start up again. Like today, I just posted some two, three videos on Instagram with me doing some jump ropes, like a new exercise called ski row, other things, right? So I would say for you, what is your current like day-to-day goals? And like, what are your, I guess, like, what are you thinking about when you really like hone in on this podcast idea? Like, do you have a guest that you want to always bring on or a type of guest or what? Um, I believe the thought process we had going into this was to invite interesting people that have life experiences that they've experienced and kind of almost share their story and really to dig deeper into their life experiences and try to understand what got them to the point that they're at today. So it, it's a pretty vague topic in the sense that anything can arbitrarily be considered interesting, right? But whatever we believe is a very interesting story, we wanted to get guests like that onto the podcast and talk through their life experiences. What got them to what they're doing? You know, what are the, what was that trigger that put them over the edge to actually do the stuff that they're doing today? So that could be various things, right? Maybe it's a good example is yourself, right? So starting this podcast, the, the Healthy Indian podcast, know what from your life experiences got you to the point that you got that urge to want to create to create your own podcast to you know basically connect with people and bring them on as guest speakers in your podcast all that kind of stuff so that was the basic premise um right now it's still very early stages but we were just thinking about how to set up that infrastructure to be able to do this i think Um, you definitely need to have like if you might be a people's person but you definitely have people people skills and second of all you need to be more empathetic um i, I hate to uh, cli- uh quote the cliches but gary v always talks about kindness and stuff so i feel like when you have a guest you have to be very neutral but kind at the same time because i guess when you do are you once you're more open to others i feel like they will speak their story more but if you're more like reserved and stuff I feel like the conversation can go very south because uh, not everybody 
can just stay positive when they don't agree with something. For example, like, you know, uh, I guess it's a little extreme of a topic, but maybe like right now, right? Like what's going on in news, there's a very big difference of, you know, uh, should guns be banned or should, should, they, should they stay in our current government, right? Like with civilians and stuff, especially in the Southern states, right? Um, if someone's a supporter of guns, then it, you have to be a little bit more open understanding their thought process but if you're already like you have your own bias and stuff which most of us do um it's really hard to counteract that especially if it hits a nerve right so i would say as a podcaster definitely being like more open and vulnerable and definitely you know just like asking like the fun questions rather than the very in-depth and like you know just keeping things light i think will will give you a key element to that because then it, it gives other people more perspective how they think right like maybe they had like somebody in their life that died from not having arm arm weapons and maybe then they'll tell you like oh okay like now i have a gun i can save somebody or they have saved someone with a gun right so it can be different perspectives that will help you shape how the podcast goes but even if you disagree with it you have to also give the other person the chance to speak you know yeah that makes perfect sense and i actually love the fact that you brought up gary v because the last couple of years i've started to yeah. really look at a lot of his content and i think a lot of what gary v says is spot on especially when it comes to branding when it comes to marketing when it comes to being able to scale up in terms of creativity and content that's released um i think gary v does that really really well and i think it's really a testament to the the type of human that he has right he he really knows what makes people tech and he's done very well for himself in understanding that and understanding where you know, basically people's psychology and where the attention is, is where he focuses his efforts to really learn and understand. Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent. And I think with him, he just, he also does it effortlessly, right? Like with all of us, I guess being raised in a very close-knit community, we're very like, we're kind of subjugated to thinking very critically. Right. But then if we think like the next person is, a little different from us, but they have simple experiences. They have different things to bring to the table. Um, like for example, like if I didn't know you, right. And I looked at your profile and I saw that picture of you with Google Android statues park, right. The one you went to, I would pique my interest cause I'm into tech. Right. And I'd be like, wow, like how do you get there? Right. Like he's from the East coast. Like what made him drive there? And you can literally like, if someone just messaged you that you can literally go off about it. Right. Like I had so many reasons to, go to this place. I also like Android. So there's just like, there's just so much you could say about that. Right. But if you, if I was like, I guess not open to asking you those questions or not open to just even understanding why that picture was there. Cause you know, there's so many other, like anyone can Google anything nowadays is my point. Right. But when you see someone's picture and when you see like someone's story and you ask those questions, yo, I want the West Coast versus East Coast. Is East Coast better? Cause I live here. I still think East Coast is the best coast, but not everyone will get like that answer, right? So I don't know, right? So I think it, it just depends, you know? No, that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, so I guess if I restate what you just stated, what you're saying is that there's a lot of opportunity to get to know people through things that you find interesting and asking pointed questions about those things. So you mentioned the Google Statue Garden. Yeah, so during my time living in California, well, actually I have to take that back. So, cause I actually visited the Android statue garden a year ago. And then I also visited again when I was living in the Bay area. 
So I guess it depends on which one you're referencing there. But the reason I visited is because I thought it was a really cool sculpture garden. And to your point, I think Google is a great company. And, you know, that's really what attracted me to, to see that. And in general, I like creative stuff. So I really like the idea of there being a sculpture garden with like, you know, well-known, you know, basically sculptures. So like the donut for one of the Android versions, the ice cream sandwich, the actual green Google Android, et cetera. And you don't see art really much from a tech company in a real human form, right? As often as like sculptures and stuff is as a tech company, we're always on our phones, but it's cool to see that they actually have something in reality versus something digital. So I think for me, that kind of caught me, uh, piqued my interest when it came to your picture. And then, you know, like you said, you don't have to be perfect to be amazing. So I'm referring to that picture if you know what I'm talking about. But Oh, got it. <laughs> So like, you know, it's just something interesting, right? Cause like I, for me this year, the priority is to kind of travel a lot and to hone who I am. And I still am learning too. There's just a lot to learn, right? So uh, I, I would just reference uh, my story and I use it kind of as a template to like help other people. Um, even with my audio quality too, when I do these podcasts, I kind of, uh, I, I look at, I use my phone. Like right now I'm using my phone, but I also have the Blue Yeti podcasting but i can't find it right now so but it's still really good quality too so i would say quality definitely matters but definitely having that connection is the most important you could have shitty quality you can have shitty uh even like a shitty page but i think having real good thoughtful conversations with people and understanding where, where they came from is what will make the podcast more lively and i think uh just joking with uh, you know, just uh, anything that will let you kind of under help help you understand like what they kind of are into, you know. Um, also, like right now, like I'm like really into like getting Pol Polaroid pictures, right? Because I've been actually on Polaroid like a while back, but I don't post pictures yet because I'm trying to make a channel on it. So I'm going to also make like, it's, it's going to be called like the Polaroid Bang. And I'm going to make a channel oh, on it. Awesome. And yeah, and I'm going to make a channel on it and I'm going to like have like all these pictures from my life it won't be no logan paul pictures but like i was actually be... just gonna say that 99 originals i was just gonna yeah. reference that you, you beat me to it i'm sharing that stuff because i i'm a fan of his work because i feel like if you look at it from a like a macro point of view all the stuff we're doing right it's all art right and the thing is he's so smart in the sense where he kind of takes art and takes it to the next level there's a physical copy so he makes it physical there's a digital encryption to the thing and he makes an NFT. So he's doing so many things with it, but he's also having fun with it. So at the same time, when you have fun and you love what you do, I think it's going to make a crazy force. And with me, I've always been a fan of pictures, right? I always love pictures. I always take uh, so many pictures. I have so many pictures. I have like over five terabytes of pictures and I have to get a new terabyte. Like that's a record breaking thing for me because I've never hit like, like in the last like eight years, I finally beat like the hard drive itself, right? Uh, like when someone buys like a hard drive, they're like, I'm not, there's no way I'm going to fill this thing up with like five terabytes of just pictures and videos, but I did it. So I'm trying to like bring value to what I do now, like versus like my experiences are now based on quality, but at the same time, I still want to capture a lot. So I'm making my own brand with it, but I'm, and I'll give credit to Logan Paul here, but like I will add in my own things, right? Maybe take a picture of a Gerba. Like that'd be kind of cool um take a picture of like uh what we do when, at weddings right like when you steal someone's shoes or something or then even take a next level maybe go to like different hikes take pictures of somebody's uh like uh what do you call it? like 
like I'm surfing or something, right? So I think you have to have like that creator mindset that'll let you like kind of envision stuff. But it's also you gotta have fun with it. Like I'm having just fun with it. this is just off my head right now, right? But and I'll think about my ideas more granular, like in more in depth. But <coughs> starting is the hardest part, right? Because you're like, I have all this knowledge, but like, what do I do with it, right? And I think having just so much of it, uh, you know, just you're posting consistently and you're just kind of feeling it out, and then you start posting your real stuff. I think it'll get you at least warmed up to the idea of doing it more because it is kind of a confidence booster once you get used to it. Because there's so much judgment out there, right? Nowadays, so it's like you're like nervous to post certain things, or like some people are nervous to put post a picture with their shirt off, for example, right? Everyone gets a little insecure about that. But if you can do it and you do it consistently, it shows confidence. And at one point you're gonna be like, All right, I've done this like ten times. What's what's I'm not scared about the eleventh time, you know? So uh, there's like all these like battles you have to face, you know, and it's just with the creator space. So, yeah, that's... no, absolutely, absolutely, that makes perfect sense. And I think to your point, when it comes to Logan Paul, he does it really well. I I would say he's mastered the creative elements of, of what he does, um, and now he's starting to bridge the gap with the business side as well with different ventures he's doing. But yeah, I completely agree with the creative side. There's a lot of judgment gotcha. that happens gotcha. and it's only when you have uh, that mentality so like what what kind of activities did you do in like uh i guess like the hello yeah you can hear me right i can hear you can you hear me yeah i can hear you so what kind of activities did you do in west coast dude like did you uh go to any like hikes aside from you know like the android park or anything or what did you learn oh, i mean from... yes yes many different things actually so basically living West Coast, I knew it was a new city and going into it, I knew it was going to be a temporary thing. Um, I knew eventually I would come back to the East Coast, but while there, I wanted to get as much experiences on the West Coast as possible, specifically the Bay Area, because I didn't really leave the Bay Area much. Um, I didn't go down to SoCal or, or anything else. I just spent my time, the entire time in the Bay Area. So what I basically did is I started meeting lots of different people through all, all different types of people across all paths of life. Um, you know, I met some people in business. I met some people that started their own tech firms. I met people that worked at tech firms. I met people that were in, you know, legal services. I met people that are in finance. I just met a bunch of different people, interacted with them. Actually, I created a WhatsApp social group when I was living there, okay. where I basically, every person that I met, I almost centralized the connection into a WhatsApp social group. And the idea behind that was because I was there temporarily and I didn't know a whole lot of people, I needed some way to connect with them and stay in touch with them. So creating a centralized group was is then I was able to do whatever I wanted. So a good example is if I wanted to go rock climbing, which I, which I did want to do at one point, I just posted a message in this centralized group where everyone in that group knew me. Maybe they didn't know each other, but they they knew me. Yeah. Was able to get a bunch of people together to do activities such as rock climbing. And then it was great because people really appreciated the fact that through me, they were meeting new people. And so they became even more involved with the group. They started inviting their friends to the group. And that in that, in that way, I learned to meet new friends and met new people as well. So it was an amazing experience. And I think part of it is because I, I did my best to make most of my time there. And the thing is, that's that's really good. It could have gone easily very south if you didn't take that proactive approach, right? Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. So I think if I didn't go out of my way to be able to meet people and make connections, I would have been much more bored during my time there because I only knew a handful of people. I mean, I was lucky I had some family members that lived there. I had a, 
basically two cousins and an uncle. So I had some family there. But apart from that, I only knew a handful of people. Right? I had a couple friends there, not too many. But after living there for five months, it was amazing because of the centralized group concept that I created. And basically, I encouraged everyone to join those groups. Basically, what I, I made it so easy for them to join because I basically just showed them a QR code. I was like, scan this and you can join the group, right? So every every person that I met that I thought was interesting, I got them into the WhatsApp group and then I had a way to keep in touch with them. And then they just would, how would they enter this group? Kind of just, you made like a QR code or something you said? Yeah, QR code. Yeah. So I don't know if you have been a admin or a moderator for different WhatsApp groups before, but you can, you know how when you have a WhatsApp group, you're able to share a link that allows other people to join. Right. So there's a couple different forms of that, right? You could have a link that's sent to people. You can also have a QR code. So QR code is basically you just take a screenshot of that QR code or you go to the WhatsApp group and hit invite others to join and show the QR code. And someone else just has to open up their camera and scan the QR code and they can just press join and join the group. So I made it very easy for people to join. And then whenever I wanted to do activities such as hike in Mirror Woods or to, you know, visit Napa Valley or to, you know, spend time in San Francisco or maybe in San Jose, I just sent a message in the group and I was able to quickly get a bunch of people together to do different activities. So it was, it was a lot of fun. I absolutely loved my time there. And that's such an ingenious idea. I have that with like my healthy Indian like group. So maybe I'll add you to it after maybe, maybe you could, like we could collaborate. I'd love to see your style of doing it, even just hang out in general. But like, it's so interesting you could do that because uh, I never heard of anyone make a QR code and use WhatsApp like that. Because me personally, I use WhatsApp for family pictures. So I'm only there when like I need to wish someone from like India and stuff. And a lot of people that I know, they use it, but I didn't know that you could use it to that extent, right? Um, especially the QR code part, like that's phenomenal. And the fact that like, I think like you doing that alone too, it has so much more impact because I feel like two parties can only go through one person and that one person is you. So there's no, like, that's it. It's like straight up, right? Exactly. So the great value in that is because I was a centralized point, right? So for me, getting more people into the group became easier because I already had the social proof, right? It's the entire group was centered around me. People saw a lot of people going on these events and having a good time. And I actually had a system. So my system was basically get people into the group, make people realize that this group is really active. It's something you want to be a part of. After every event, I would encourage everyone to share pictures to that group. And so people would share the group. Everyone sees everyone like smiling, have a good time, doing cool activities. They, they wanted to be part of the next activity. So like whenever something else was planned, they got, they got interested and wanted to participate in that. They started inviting their own friends. They're saying like, Hey, you know, actually I have this uh, friend that I met that started this great social group. It's like, you know, if you want, I can probably reach out to him and you can join this group as well. So I had people reach out to me asking to add people. And so I would add them. I would reach out to them personally, all the new additions, welcome them to the group. And then also try to get to know a little bit about them. You know, where do they live in the Bay Area? You know, what do they do? That type of stuff, kind of build a little bit of connection and then invite them to the next event, whatever whatever it was. So it was great because it was almost a snowballing effect. The bigger the group got, the more active it got and the more people wanted to join it. That's amazing. So you literally made an impact in the world by doing that. And on top of that, you got, people who have never created. So you literally forged relationships and you also forged connections that kind of go beyond the regular, just a chat They're going awkward, right? You actually like posted like experiences and then, you know, as like other people, they're like get interested, like, oh, wow, this guy, I know him. And he's doing all these cool things. Other people don't know him. And I also I know them as well, right? So that's really cool, that's a cool thing that you did. And I think um, having, 
that uh or you still run that group or is it kind of like now because you're here is that group like kind of like stop no actually one of my good friends the the one that was going to be starting the podcast with he's keeping the group going so he still lives in san francisco and he's keeping the group going so it's awesome because if i ever go visit the west coast again i have a built-in group that i built out along with you know a great friend that's already continuing to organize things there so it's amazing that's amazing and the thing is like like i guess like you're like yeah you always have friends there and also you, there's maybe you're gonna have like cohorts <laughs> like cohorts of 2022 2023 i mean if you want I mean, you don't have to but it would be kind of cool because right because once groups get massive people that just know like okay i helped assist this group but now like there's so many numbers that let me just encourage like people come and enjoy the group look for what it is now um but uh that's, that's awesome I feel like I saw a couple of people that, that went to our town. I don't know if she, like, I, I don't want to say the names here, but, like, I, I don't know if they were in that group, like, when they went to visit you or anything, but it's cool to see that. Oh, there, there were a couple. If you're talking about off of Clubhouse, yeah, there was a couple of people from Clubhouse that were part of that group. Um, There were... Wani? Some, Wani? I'm sorry? Wani, by the way? I don't know if you know her. No, that's not, I mean, that's that's not part of Bay Area. She doesn't live in the Bay. She lives in New Jersey. I was just wondering if they like went to like also visit you and then eventually meet all your Bay Area friends because of connections in general, right? So. Oh no, no, they they didn't they didn't visit me in the Bay. I mean, I wasn't there long enough for for them to visit. Their schedules didn't work out. But oh, okay. um, no worries. I thought I saw some pictures of all you guys like at one point. So I was like, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. We I mean, they're part of a group that I travel with. So yeah, I have I have met up with them plenty of times in in different cities and stuff. But um, no, they they didn't visit me in the Bay awesome but that's that's awesome dude and that'd be that'd be great because i'm actually planning on going to cali california myself sometime this year so i'll definitely take you like uh if after this maybe we could like exchange like groups or whatever but maybe definitely i'll take you up on the offer like whenever i go and you know just maybe if if, you're, if you want you can we can just go together because i know you're not traveling so um i'm always down to just need new, new things you know anything that's different from Jersey kind of piques my interest. And I love bringing it back to Jersey and being like, guys, you got to improve this in Jersey, you know, like add better beaches or something. But it's, it's interesting to see like how much uh, is out there. Right. Uh, especially like when you have like a traveler mindset, it's just like me personally, I'm trying to go to, uh, I think Yosemite in California. And then I'm also trying to do this year, Acadia as well. Those two things I haven't covered yet. So I'm trying to go a couple friends and stuff and, we're going to see like how that trip pans out, but oh, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so yeah. just out of curiosity, why Yosemite? I'm, I'm assuming that's because you like the hike or no, it's actually a really minute reason, but it turned into an idea. So I always see it pop in my Mac background I'm, and I'm always arguing with the fact that that's not a real background. And then I keep, people keep telling me like, that is a real background. And I was like, okay, I got to go see it for myself. And now I'm going to go see Yosemite, <laughs> but that's, that was basically the basis of like why that idea got inspired. And then Acadia is definitely something like one of our, my friends from NJIT lives. Um, she was telling me about like, uh, she lives around Maine or something. So she was telling me about how it's such a great place. It's awesome to watch star stars at night. I'm like a big stargazer. I'm a star Trekkie. So like she was saying, like, if you go to Acadia at night, there's like a lot of stars that come. Sometimes you see a lot of fallen stars and stuff. So I was like, wow, I'm down to go. And plus it's Acadia. It's kind of like, another national park that the federal government preserves right so that, that was kind of cool how i found how i found out that that one out uh but 
And then now I'm just more inspired to kind of just see all the national parks because it's not that bad. It's like six feet, but like like if you like six, seven a year, you'll we you get your goal in like two years, you know. So Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do yeah, it. it's, it's not too bad. Actually, it's a funny story you mentioned about the national parks. So one of the people that I used to work with, he actually quit his job just to live in an RV and go to every national park in the US. Yo, that's so dope. I was just talking about this with my coworker. Like maybe we should go in an RV and sell coffee and then use that money to like go to the next national park. It's funny you mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh definitely a very bold thing to do, but at the same time, if you love to visit national parks, you love hiking, I'm I'm sure he's having a time of his life right now. He's actually been doing it for a little over a year already. Oh, right, right, right. No, definitely. I wish I could just drop my job and go, but right now, like, I'm in a very good position with work, so unfortunately, I can't because, not, you know, I'm, I'm I'm getting promoted. I'm doing good things, but at the same time, I, I there's a part of me that just, like, misses that freedom. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know? Just to jog my memory, I think you work at, what, Federal Reserve? Is that right? Yeah, I work at the Federal Reserve Bank. Yeah, I'm like a manager there right now for technology. Um, so it is definitely in line of a technical role. Uh, and I manage like like a whole kind of like a district or something. But uh, basically, I just I'm like a liaison for upper management and regular district employees to kind of get the work done on to put in a very like simple scale kind of for you or simple saying. But that I'm more of like a liaison slash manager. But yeah, more or less, I uh, deliver service to like, you know, different reserve banks because we have 13, uh, reserve, uh, 13 banks total in the Federal Reserve. And there's just so many branches and employees. And it, it's like, it's basically like what I said, like when there's enough, there's a lot of people in your group, like let's say your QR group expands a lot. You definitely need structure after a while because that's the issue with having so many people in one group it's tough to communicate after a while, right? Like you can add somebody to a group, but if you have like 200, 300, 400 people, you're going to forget a few names, right? And also they're going to keep pinging on that thing. So it's going to be a lot of uh, lot of activity going on, right? At once, right? Oh yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. I think for at least the group that I created in the Bay, it's, I was there for five months. Like we got to a, a healthy number, but not an overwhelming number. Good. So right now there's like 72 people. So it's pretty sizable, but at the same time, it's not overwhelming, like 200 or something, 300 or whatever the max is. I think, what is it, 250 is the max, I think? I think 250, 250 is a solid number, I would say, at least if I was to think about it. Yeah, like that's like when it's reaching the red zone or the, the danger zone a little bit. Because at that point, like also if you do have those people with high energy, I have a couple of friends who keep like messaging rapid fire sometimes because they get excited. That's like 10 messages for one person. Now multiply 10 by like half the people. That's like 400 messages gone in like minutes. Because, uh, you know, some people are just very like extroverted when it comes to texting. I'm personally not a big texter anymore. Um, just because I kind of want to. <coughs> Excuse me. No, no worries. You're good. There's that allergy stuff going around a lot in Jersey, man. Everyone's like kind of like sick, but they don't have COVID. It's like the weirdest thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That is me right now. So I actually had COVID about two weeks ago when I came back from Miami. I had COVID, yep. tested negative, but then I still have some lingering effects from like a cold or something. So like I was completely fine for a couple of days and then I got a cold or something again. Yeah, there's like some like crazy allergy stuff. Like my brother, he's like 16. He just got like a cold, like a fever out of nowhere. It was like 101. And then it was just like sneezing rapid fire. So we thought it was like COVID. He got tested and got COVID. So 
And then my other friend also had the same thing. And I was like, yo, this is not COVID, but what if this is another like spreadable disease or something? And, and you know, nowadays that's not kind of out of reach just because COVID lasted four years of our lives and still like kind of wreaking havoc, but in a very weird scale now. But um, I think, uh, yeah, so going back to what we were talking about, I think like, yeah, like having uh, just people to just kind of interact with and stuff is, is pretty dope. And um, yeah, I, I, I definitely think that, uh, you know, I think you're going to go far when it comes to connections because connections are everything. Like, what do you do right now? If I... So I actually work in management consulting. So I just started about six months ago, actually. So I work as a... Uh... I'm a solutions director at a management consulting company. So it's actually a tech, it's actually like a tech implementation type of company, but they're building out a new team for industry experts. And so my background is in supply chain, right? So I worked at a couple of different big product-based companies and um, they are looking to have supply chain industry talent to be able to win major projects. So like, you know, hundred million dollar, like, you know, let's say SAP implementation or something like that. And so they brought on a bunch of consultants with myself being one of them. That's so dope. Which is like, what's your dream company to work at since you're in supply chain? Like, would you be open to working like somewhere like maybe like Amazon? Cause they're huge with supply chain. Um, Amazon is huge with supply chain, but to be perfectly honest, I would never want to work for Amazon because they are razor thin margins. And in my experience, what I found is that when you work for companies that are razor thin margins, they work you to the bone. They make you work super hard. While if you work for very high margin businesses, you you have the time of your life because it's a much better balance, right? So you you get more engaging work. You also are not overwhelmed doing a bunch of work that you don't like to do. Um, so a good example is that prior to joining this management consulting company that I'm at, I worked at Pepsi and I absolutely loved working at Pepsi. Oh, cool. Pepsi is a good one too because I don't, I never hear anything negative about them ever. And on top of that, like, Everybody likes some Pepsi, right? So <laughs> it's like pretty lit. Um, that's actually really cool. And like Pepsi corporate, uh, obviously you work for it, but which location? Like Bay or was it in Jersey too or remote? No, it was actually New York. Um, so I worked out of uh, Purchase New York, which is right by White Plains. And I used to, it used to be a hybrid model, right? When I used to work there. So up until COVID happened, I was hybrid. So I was actually going to the office about three days a week and working from home two days a week. That's actually- but It was a little bit of a hike. It's like an hour and a half from where I live. Oh, okay. Uh, I should clarify, hour and a half one way. Oh, shit. Jesus. Yeah. Dude, holy crap. So but you- it was a great company, so I have no complaints. And they paid very well, too, so. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, see, like, that's, like, the best thing, right? Like, when you, even if it's an hour and a half, you're enjoying going there. You're looking forward to work. That's how I feel about the Fed right now. I, I wake up with a smile on my face and freaking, like, you know, just, I enjoy what I do every day, right? Because it's, like, it's not, like, extreme they don't work me to the bone they're very understandable they're very good with time um flexible even at the same time like i find myself having the ability to do stuff like this right and not being uh you know kind of sidetracked with like my other goals so i think it's a very good medium and balance but uh yeah definitely like i think having a company that does the hybrid models of that because you guys see like people like twice a week out of like you know five days and i think it's healthy to see people because sometimes when you're home all the time you kind of you kind of want to see interaction or human to human like you know behavior so i think it's kind of cool that you have that and um now like uh i guess do you still have that kind of same dynamic at the place you work now or is it i (coughs) excuse me 
<coughs> so I'm actually completely remote now. Gotcha. So yeah, so basically when, when I say completely remote, it's that I don't have a designated office that I have to go into regularly. Basically, I just have to meet with clients every so often, but with the situation with COVID, basically since I started working for this company, I haven't had to visit any client location. Everything's been virtual. Wow. But the idea is that once, you know, once COVID is completely no more, not even, you know, spikes or anything like that, probably would be visiting some client locations here and there. So maybe, maybe, you know, a couple times a month or something like that. Wait, but that's so I, how you can kind of like go to national parks and do your own thing too, if you like work from home, right? So you can maybe like one weekend, you go somewhere, work from there for a week and then go somewhere else the next weekend. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, it's because I worked for, well, I mean, I could have done it with Pepsi near the end too, because it was completely remote because of the pandemic, but um, I was able to live in California while working for this consulting company because of the fact that it's completely remote. So that's why I was able to live there for like five months without any issues. Oh. I mean, technically I could have stayed there much longer afterwards too, because I mean, I only would have had to travel when I had to visit a client, but Still, it was nice that it was completely remote and I was able to work off a different coast and explore the, you know, basically get the experience of living in a new city for a little while. Yeah, that's that's actually sick because it's not like, uh, it's like do, doing, yeah, like doing that, usually like if you do that on travel for the company, the issue is like when you, when the whole team's traveling, you don't get time. Like I realized like when I went to like Richmond for like with my whole team thing, it was just like a three-day thing. I had to give myself two other days to like actually see Richmond and then hang out with a couple of friends. But then the uh, next week is I was working. And after work, I had to hang out with my team. And it was great and all. But at the same time, I couldn't do, like, you know, stuff that you and me would do typically. Like, go to happy hour with and meet random people, engage with, like, foreigners, like, see the culture. Like, it was a very, like, team-based and work talk. And it was great. It was awesome. I had a great time. But definitely, I could have just done the same thing in Jersey, right? So, uh, definitely something that I got, I noted, like, I was like, okay, if I go somewhere next time, give myself a day, day or two leeway, you know, just so I could like understand like where the heck I am rather than just go and like not really travel. So like, I think it was a great move by you just planting yourself. Sorry. I think the last like 10 seconds just oh. cut off. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I was saying pretty cool that you went there for five months and you were planted there for five months and the fact that you like you, you weren't there on a travel like for work you were there like you, you were just working remotely because when you go for travel like it's hard to incorporate yourself with the culture or immerse yourself in the culture when you have work events to attend and you do the same stuff after work right like happy hour with your coworkers. so yep. it's the same is the same like stuff i could do in jersey but when you actually live somewhere for five months like solid five months I think you could say you immersed yourself in the culture, kind of interacted with the locals and stuff, right? Oh, yes, absolutely. I feel like it's only when you've lived somewhere for a handful of months that you really understand what life is like there. Because like a week goes by really quick, you know, even even a month could go by really quick. It's like, like if I was talk, if I was to talk about my experience living in the Bay Area, I would say like the first month was just be getting accustomed to time zone differences and stuff like that. The second month is when I really started to explore a little bit. By the third month, I made it. I made a decent social circle. Fourth month and fifth month was expanding that social circle, and then doing a lot of things off my bucket list, right? So things such as like I really wanted to see a Warriors game live at you know where the Warriors were the home team, so I got to do that. Got to see like a Giants game, right? San Francisco Giants. Um, right. Got to see you know basically things like that, like stuff on my bucket list that I really wanted to do. I was able to do while I lived there, which 
I think I would not have been able to do if I was only there for like a month or something like that. It's just not enough time. Yeah, it's impossible for somebody who's traveling to not negotiate on prices, right? Because you know when the things are the cheapest and the things are the highest. And if it's like a Saturday, it would be very high. But let's say you live there and you go in on a Tuesday, right? And if it's like a late game or something, chances are people are like tired from work, right? Because it's a weekday. You can go in, get the tickets for probably half the price. And then also like, you know, go to like the front or something if there's open seats. So... Yeah, I think you took a great advantage of it. And is there anything else for uh, Keto in the works right now or no? Like, are you going anywhere else now or no? Um, in terms of travel or in terms of living somewhere? Yeah, living somewhere, traveling for, you know, just like for passion or just for work or what, whatever you would. For travel, a bunch of stuff for living. I mean, I was thinking about New York City, but that is just thinking at this point. Yeah, it's um, dude, but it's. I would say it's great too at the same time. Have have you lived in the city before? Um, no, but I've stayed there for a few days or a week or so with a couple of friends and I think just like we stayed at I ride, but just like coming downstairs, smelling the coffee, especially Starbucks, going to see the newspaper, like the town newspaper, walking around like casual around like Central Park and just seeing everything. It's gives you a great feel. And also like I have a couple like my, I had a couple of family members who went to NYU. So like I saw like the lifestyle they lived and it was pretty crazy. It's like, just you come down, you get to know all these things. There's like Hell's Kitchen. There's like different uh, parts of New York that was filmed with like movies. Uh, but my family is usually not really that into traveling, I would say. But it was just some things I, I already picked up from just hearing them talk, right? Like something you just adopt naturally. But I was like, damn, what if I lived there and I'm into travel? It's like, what? Well, wonder what I could have accomplished, you know? So I'm thinking about it too. Maybe like I'll live some like in New York one day, you know, you never know. So. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm in the same boat. It's, I'm just thinking about it, but nothing solidified there yet. But in terms of travel for pleasure, I mean, there are a couple areas I'm planning to visit this year. So Chicago, I'm going in July. Um, de I'm definitely going in July, just the week that I'm going. It's not confirmed yet. I'm waiting on some feedback from a couple of friends that are planning to go with me. And then the other one is I want to go up to Vermont in the fall. So probably around October time frame. So those are the two trips I have in the works at the moment. Gotcha, gotcha. And are you going to probably do your podcast with your boy or is it just going to be you? Um, No, it's going to be my, my my good friend and I. We're going to okay. probably tag team with that. And actually, the reason we, we're tag teaming is because we want to do like in-person oh. podcast guests. So it's cool because we could hit both coasts. Like I'm on the East Coast right now. My friend's on the West Coast. So he can he can meet up with people in the Northern California area, specifically the San Francisco Bay Area. I can meet up with people in New York City or New Jersey. And we could have almost like a, you know, like a video podcast. Yeah, definitely. And I'm, I'm definitely here to help you, man. It's great to always have connections. It's great to learn from you as well. So maybe one day, like for doing this video podcast, I can understand some trip, tips and tricks from you to enhance my experience, right? So, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Of course, yeah. I'd love to have you on actually. Once I get it, everything up and running and figure out how the best way to do that and all that, I'd love to have you on as a guest. I would say do what Gary Vee says: live with your five best friends and maybe podcast from your room. <laughs> <laughs> walk in your room. You know, they don't have to know. Just don't don't film when they walk in. Just film when the they start talking, and then you'll know. It's like no one was like no one will know where you are, right? Yeah, might... exactly. Maybe maybe have like one like one wall of the room dedicated with like a mural or something with the name of the podcast or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> and then you can have like one picture. Like this is my first picture. This is my second guest. Like for me, I would have all these Polaroids, right? 
and I'd make a frame out of the Polaroids and just be like, oh, I had Giffel on here. I had uh, maybe my mom on here, maybe my best friends, maybe my coworker, whatever the heck it is. Maybe uh, somebody I dated, whatever the heck it is, right? And then I would just have all of them on there and it would just show such a diverse portfolio. And then just, it would be like my podcast, right? Because it have like a nice background. But that's just me, right? I digress, but. No, I like it. It's subtle marketing. It's like, look at how many people. It's like, it's almost like social proof, but in physical form. <laughs> social proof. Because you have like a bunch of Polaroids of all the people that have been guests on the podcast. Yeah, why not? And then I can be like, hey, you know, I got Keto. Like, he's very popular nowadays. He's like the next Gary Vee. I'd be like, wow, he was right here. He was right on this plaque right here. And they're like, wow, okay. Okay, I'll I'll be on your podcast now. Like, yeah, that you better. It's a privilege. <laughs> but you know what I mean. You know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, if I I vaguely remember, um, I believe you got into real estate at least like a year ago or something, right? I remember you like posted something on Instagram. Uh, well, I think it was the your old Instagram, right? Because didn't your account get hacked or something? Yeah, yeah. The stupid uh, these stupid Bitcoin hackers. I kind of fell for the trap because I thought it was like one of my friends because it was like uh, one of these guys I was doing a podcast with from Chick-fil-A. He's like a high school kid, right? And you know, he's like 18. There's this guy who's like a rapper. So I was like, okay, cool. Like I've never had a rapper on my show before besides Moosh from Philly. He's like verified. Shout out Moosh. He knows me, who I am. Um, But uh, basically uh, he was supposed to come on and then he came on, but like uh you know afterwards he kind of sent me like a dm and i was like i trust this guy it's like you sending me a dm right um and i and he was like bro and it was not much it was like a hundred or two dollars or whatever so i clicked the link and then i, I was hacked or some stupid crap like that but then afterwards like the way they kind of marketed themselves and all that stuff and i could never get my instagram back because instagram is just really bad at retrieving i know some <coughs> But um, yeah, that was a uh, that was a little tough. But going back to the real estate question, uh, yeah, I I got into real estate. I've been it, I've been passionate about. Um, again, I I listened to Gary V and Logan Paul very, like you know, to the T. So I like to diversify my assets as well. I invest into Pokemon cards as well, whatever I can. Oh yeah, so you really listen to Gary V? He was he's all about trading cards. Yep, yep, yep. So. Actually, a couple of sport cards as well too, like, uh, just from like this baseball, game. baseball, basketball, baseball. But I have no idea. I don't watch baseball. I just got them because I was just like, you never know what's gonna happen in a few years from now. So I got a couple of baseball cards. Uh, I wanted to get some basketball cards, but they're so expensive. They're expensive. Um, but yeah, I mean, I am somebody that is very passionate about diversifying myself and touching a lot of different venues. But I do it in my budget, right? I don't do it with the budget of Logan Paul, who's like putting in like 20 ETH into like uh, an image or something like that, right? That's a lot of money. But within my capacity and my scale. Um, but it's good to learn because I've seen myself grow a lot and meet a lot of new people. Um, even with real estate, I have people reach out to me on how to do it, especially in the Brown community, because they don't want to mess up, right? It's easy to kind of lose a lot of investment in a house nowadays especially with the rising market and inflation rates so um the best way to do it is to like talk to people and then talk to the local people that do it don't go on youtube and like look up like the best real estate people because chances are like they're good they're legit but like stephen graham he's legit but at the same time his his uh view could be on like uh, like for people who are way more like have way more money right in your account especially with like real estate real estate is expensive so um 
yeah, I had a couple of people I reached out to. They're really good. They're actually like very good, like connects. I learned a lot too, like how to invest, how to flip. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to assume you bought it under the name of an LLC or how did you do it? No, 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 no. I just not LLC. Yet. Well, I, I have, I, I bought it with my, like basically like me and like, uh, I had a co-partner, but that my co-partner actually has an LLC. So um, he, him, I'm doing it off of him, like his thing, but the property majority of it's under me. Um, and we're just kind of doing it together back to back and stuff. And, uh, it's off of, uh, him right now. So, uh, yeah, it's just like, it, it, it is like that, but at the same time, I learned how to kind of negotiate. Like I don't have a property manager right now. I do my own because we have a new construction now. <coughs> the house is like covered for a year. I have 10 years structural. So I didn't have to pay a single penny out of my pocket in the last year and a half on the, I also got like great rate of return, like 20%. And on top of that, like for my rent, like 20% of that or 20, 30% of that is my profit. So wait, 20% return meaning what? Like ROI, oh, like total ROI correct, correct. or, or do you mean like appreciation or just based off cash flow? So like, let's say if I'm putting like $4,000 for rent, 1000 comes to me. So like 20% is my profit while I'm paying the mortgage, the oh got it got it i understand what you're saying got it so i'm i'm making profit because a lot of people in jersey it's hard to make profit on like a house where it's i would say like if you want to you know rent or anything like because right now like even the rent is like really high and mortgage rates are really high plus it's five percent and i got the thing for what 3.125 percent or something yeah so you got it you got it like a year ago so much better much better rates at that point no that that makes that makes perfect sense yeah and to your point most properties nowadays, it's to the point where like the average single family house or duplex, it only cash flows maybe like six grand a year, which is not that much. Yeah. But like if you can find a good deal, like then you can cash flow a much larger amount. Exactly. So yeah. So the the thing is I'm doing great and it's not to say I make four thousand for rent, but just for what I can make from that property as a multifamily, uh, is doing great. Like no issues, no and I also had like, uh, my mom's actually like one of the people who assisted me with my closing costs. So I don't have to pay any closing costs because she, she like is like the, she has her own thing going on with that right now. So it, it was very convenient for me to like just buy the house at that time. And I saw that the pandemic was kind of in my favor. So when I bought the house now, like 3.125% kind of like unheard of, right? There's no way it's going to go that low now. Um, it could go down to 4.5. But yeah, for investment property, that's actually amazing because like normally you got to do 25% down and they add a percent or two, especially if you have the, the title in the name of the LLC. Because yeah, so, I, I know you mentioned your business partner holds it in the LLC. So yeah. 3.125 is actually amazing if it's if it's held under an LLC name. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. So because uh, it's a family member of mine, but basically they have their own business and they have an LLC for it. So and the business makes good money. So it's mainly... Uh, definitely uh uh a win-win for and every, every all the parties included um but yeah so you know and and, and even if like i had a couple of friends too that i met recently at a wedding and they got like a couple of houses in like milwaukee wisconsin yeah you you have your risk is less for sure investing in houses that are outside of the state but the one thing in jersey i'll tell you you put more money down you're, you're never gonna have shady tenants you're never gonna have like crappy like credit history scores because people are like so into jersey same same effect right like it's expensive um 
your consistent cash flow and the way everything gets managed is way more consistent. Um, yeah, I actually, I didn't know this for the longest time, but there's a couple statistics that I learned about New Jersey that were shocking. So first one is that, did you know that New Jersey is the most densely populated state in the country? Number one, most densely populated state. And then the other one, believe it or not, is, I mean, there was a poll like last year saying New Jersey is the happiest state. Third one, they said New Jersey has the best pizza in the country, you know, stealing the crown away from New York. Yes. I saw and, then, and then the last one was that New York, I mean, New Jersey actually has the most wealth per capita in the country. Wealth per capita. So what does that mean for the people who don't know what that um, Basically, the amount of wealth that's held in the state relative to the population of the state, it's the highest. Like a lot of people think New York, but I think the reason New York doesn't hold that crown is because it's really just New York City. If you look at the rest of New York, it doesn't have as much wealth as New York City. I see what you're saying. Yeah, because in Jersey, it's more like suburban, but Jersey also has like a lot of uh, houses and it can disperse stuff. But with New York, the city takes a hit if it's a building that needs construction, right? Because the, what do you call it? Like there's like crazy amount of, investors in that one building there's no way one human being can afford that building he'll be the richest human being on earth maybe four times elon musk's net worth right so they have a lot of companies that invest in these like freaking like million million per like even unit apartments right in manhattan for example so i don't think they can leverage too much to disperse with one person but in jersey everybody has a house they're dispersed but it's like the spot because it's like 20 minutes from new york and it gives you the life it gives you two lives at once right if new york people come here they still have to go back they don't have a car we have a car you know so oh yeah yeah absolutely we are definitely more mobile with the accessibility of to cars um at the same time we have pretty good public transportation especially throughout all of northern new jersey even central so we have good access to public transportation we have our own vehicles we have our own space our homes um, at the same time, access to multi-state job opportunities, right? Because you have access to New York City job opportunities. You have access to New Jersey opportunities, you know, pretty substantial in New Jersey as well. And then depending on where you live in the state, you also have access to Philadelphia opportunities. So I think that's what New Jersey does have going for it. It has multi-state job market opportunities. It has great income. It has a lot of educated people and great schooling, right? New Jersey, New York, Virginia, when it comes to the East Coast in general, it has some of the some of the best schooling in the country. At, oh, 100%. There's like, there's nothing like it. And that, like, I think even, like, I went to Southern states before and like, obviously owning a house in Florida is definitely so much cheaper or something like that. But then at the same time, like, they won't have that same kind of access or resources, right? We, schools are close by, grocery stores. <coughs> diversity right so your view of the world is very minute right like that's why there's like segregation when it comes to personalities right personalities are so different and versatile but from people from jersey and even cali it's so dense that your personality also kind of copes with other people's like um thought processes and like where they came from right like for example if you go to jersey people do everything right like people skateboard people bike people ride uh, pe people have their own uh political stances there's like charities there's all this stuff but it's going on at a hundred hundred percent so it's actually one that what you're bringing up is actually a great point of conversation that i had with a lot of people when i lived in the west coast the main thing i told them is that when you look at the west coast there is not much industry diversity right so if you live in northern california in the bay area it's really tech 
a little bit of legal, a little bit of venture capital. That's it. That's all the industries there. If you look at Southern California, you have, you know, a handful of startups, you have the entertainment industry, you have the fashion industry, and basically that's, that's really it, right? Those are the main industries in that area. Now, if you look at the East Coast, specifically Northern New Jersey or New York City, there you have basically every industry. You have an entertainment industry, right? With music and stuff. You have technology. You have a lot of like Fang and, or Mang, I guess they call it now, companies that have, you know, major offices there. You have a lot of consulting, you have insurance, you have finance, you have pharmaceuticals in New Jersey, right? New Jersey is the pharma hub of the, of the country. Um, so you have a lot more industry diversity on the East Coast than you do on the West Coast. Oh, definitely. Like- I didn't even realize that, 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 and that's something that was answered for me the more I went out of the country, I, I mean, out of my state, that was more solidified. So, even, like, I feel like for me personally, I would love to travel other places, but I think my home's Jersey in that regard. It has the best pizza. Apparently, we're the least pressed, which I found that a little shocking. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, to be honest, that did, that did surprise me a little bit. I remember in college, like, I had a pretty... No, it was great. Like school wise, I was great. I think even friend wise, I was great. But there's times where I was like, man, I don't know what to do in my life. But like, you know, just Mick Governs in Newark, right? For example, I'd walk in, I'd talk to some random dude. He'd be like, I just failed my exam. I'd be like, okay, I got to be because, you know, I'm okay. And then we just talk about like, what the heck's going to happen in the next two years, right? <laughs> so I feel like I wasn't really depressed, but I was definitely like, Feeling seasonal depression, I guess, right? Like seasonal waves or mood swings or whatever. Yeah, the the weather is one thing we don't have going for us versus the West Coast. It just it can get pretty chilly in the winter where people just get depressed just because they're not able to do a lot of excuse me a lot of stuff that they're able to do in other seasons. So that'll definitely give you. Yeah, definitely, dude. And even like I remember that one Christmas that we had like seventy degrees and that Christmas never came. And every I talked to somebody and they're like. We're hoping this Christmas is going to be 70 degrees too. I was like, bro, it's never going to happen. This never is going to... That was just like one fluke in a glitch in the system, you know? There's never... They're going to have a Christmas at 70 degrees again, you know? But, uh, yeah, no. New Jersey's great in that regard. Um, But if you were to, in the future, if you were to live in another state, would Cali be that, like, contender for you? Or would it be uh, some other, like... Cause I feel like Cali, you got, you got, you got kind of like, you know, you got kind of like, it, it grew on you a little bit, you know, you know. Yeah, it, it definitely did. It's, it's definitely a fun place to live. The only thing about Cali that I didn't like is how expensive everything is and the lack of industry diversity. That's two things I didn't like about it. But in terms of access to nature, in terms of the lifestyle there, it's pretty good. It's I, I have no complaints of the lifestyle there. So is it like New New York in the sense of when you walk out, there's like Starbucks, everything around you, grocery stores, or is it a little bit more? Is is it a little bit more what? I didn't hear the word oh, after more. Further, further away. Like is it? Is it? Um, I guess it depends on where you live. Okay. Because it's a wide area, right? So in terms of distance between stuff, it is definitely bigger. Like the distances are definitely wider than New Jersey. Um, so to give you an example, to get from Fremont, which is the East Bay, out to San Francisco, it's fifty miles. So it takes you about an hour. So like, it doesn't take as it doesn't take that long, but it's a lot of miles. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's definitely one thing. And of course, housing is crazy in terms of the cost of that in California. That's see the, the, the interesting thing about California is that if you work in the right industry and that right industry, especially for Northern California is technology, 
you can afford to to live there because even though your compensation may not be that great, right? You make you make pretty good money, but not a crazy amount of base salary. Where people make the most money in California is when they work in technology and they get stock options or or you know basically restricted stock units, one of the two, depending on the stage of the company that they're working at. That's when it really pays off because they could be getting, let's say, two hundred thousand dollar base salary if you're like a software developer or something like that, right? Anywhere from let's say one hundred fifty to two hundred typically. And they'll get another two hundred thousand dollars if they if they have like seven, eight years experience or ten years experience or whatever, they'll get like another two hundred, three hundred thousand in stock options. Wow, that's amazing. So you could get two hundred thousand dollars in like like Apple shares or some shit like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So when you add that up, and that's per year, by the way. So that'd be like a package, like if you work there like four years, it's like you get an eight hundred K package and like you get the two hundred K of that vest every year or something like that, right? And so um, when, when you have that type of salary, then you can afford the housing there because the housing there for like a house like you would get in New Jersey, let's say like 2,600, 2,700 square feet, 2,800, something like that. That would cost like two mil there in the right neighborhoods, like the, the neighborhoods you want to live in, like Fremont and stuff like that, where it's good educational system, you know, access to, you know, basically proper suburbs. It'll cost you two million for that type, type sized house. So like that's the trade off is like you really have to have a tremendous income to live the same level of, in terms of quality of life, in terms of housing as you would on the East Coast. Specifically, New Jersey, because obviously New York is very different. Yeah, definitely, and that's a great point. I knew that. I never knew they were like. I, okay, I knew they get stock options, but I never knew the, the the quantity of how much and how often the rate, right? The frequency of they would get. I thought, like you said, I thought it'd be every five or ten years, but it seems like what you told me is like once they hit that like stock option level, which is let's say after ten years, they consistently get it every single year to a hundred thousand dollars extra. Just because they're the company's investing on them, they're investing on their return of investment with this, uh, I guess software senior developer or whatever, and you're basically getting like all this promotional, uh, benefits because I guess you don't have a 401k or pension, or on top of it, they do get that too. I think that varies by company, right? It's there's no like one and one answer for everything. It depends on what company you work at, whether they have all that. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that's so crazy, dude. That. Thanks for sharing that because I feel like outside looking in, a lot of people have uh, like all these theories about like Google and stuff and, and Apple, but it's just cool to see like how they operate and how they take care of the employees as well because not everything is bad, right? Like not, it's good for whoever gets that salary and especially if they're, they want to, you know, have a life in Cali, like Cali's a great place. They got beaches. They, they have so many hidden gems. I feel like Cali that are like crazy. Like I saw nature. Absolutely. So much nature. I know so much house, and she's also jane you probably know her but we could talk about it after but she's always at these like cool beaches that i always see and she's hiking and she's going to costa rica and rainforest and oh i know you're talking about i'm not gonna say the name at the moment but i know exactly what you're talking about we were talking about but fuck it uh i could say her name i feel like we're cool enough but fuck it i'm not gonna say it <laughs> but uh yeah yeah so basically like i asked her like how did you like what where is this place and then she was just like it's in cali and i was like what like they have to like this and it's like yeah you just have to like talk to people or ask but cali has a lot of uh i think like preserve slash like aesthetically pleasing things but i don't think that's just like man-made i definitely think like cali takes the time to preserve a lot of random stuff for attraction you know like soho they they definitely do no you're absolutely right they definitely spend a lot of time in preserving their access to nature and to be honest they also just have more access just more natural you know natural spots there and i think part of it is because you know if you really think about it 
California, in terms of people living there, it's a relatively new phenomenon, right? Everyone settled on the East Coast first and they gradually made their way West. So it just, there's a lot of natural spots that, you know, natural scenic spots there that have not been disturbed by, by humans. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So like, I don't know the trail name, but it was like some, some random trail, but it was just like right above Cali, but it's not, I don't know if it's in Cali or it's like. Oh, Mirror Woods. You're talking about Mirror Woods. Mirror like Dipsy Trail, Dipsy Trail and that kind of stuff. That's all Mirror Woods. It was beautiful. And I was like, I would have never guessed in a million years if I lived here that that trail existed until I saw a post on Instagram or something like that. Because it's like so undisclosed. It's so un not talked about because now I'm trying to go for underrated stuff because traveling is becoming very well known. And I think that's a good thing, right? Because um, before when traveling wasn't that well known, I think the safety of the travelers and passengers was actually kind of uh not as looked at but now considering a lot of people are going to Glen state park they're going to like uh bali they're going to like all these other countries and knowing as millennials we love to travel right so just on that note i feel like it's good to regulate stuff but it's also good to find hidden gems here and there and if you could pull it off i think it's sick like uh i had a friend who actually went to the stairway of heaven in honolulu hawaii uh they trust but they didn't know but they were trespassing like i think the stairway to heaven and afterwards they went and they came back down they posted on instagram and some random dude like from some village in hawaii or something was like you can't go there that's like my like town like and it's also an active volcano so you could like you know get hurt <laughs> but uh you know it was interesting to see that and uh you know now it's completely closed off because it's like the importance of it but they got some amazing views they were able to see things now people won't ever be able to see uh with an active volcano i, I might add so that is pretty wild an active volcano yeah that's definitely dangerous though because you have like all the gases and stuff like that that come out um what's called um uh, men men something gas men methane there we go methane you have like methane gas and all that stuff that can come out of an active volcano that is not great for you yeah 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 and especially if like that that shit erupts you're like the first to get hit right you have the erosion and everything taking place so you know that's really rough but Hey man, yo, we should do this again. I feel like I could, like, you'd be a great guest to come on and even uh, have like a series with, you know, and just to like kind of also give you up and the platform to talk about what you want to do. Like maybe next time we talk about your mental health or like even uh, like what kind of uh, equipment you have going on for podcasts or even if you want to brainstorm, I'm always here, you know, so. Yeah, sure. Sounds good. I mean, I'll just touch upon equipment since you just mentioned it. So I do have a, um, what's called a blue yeti yeah. microphone that i'm using at the moment but it's uh the, the nano i'm using the nano okay um and then for uh i mean right now i'm just using like standard samsung headphones um but i do have uh beats headphones that i bought just to be able to use but from what i understand apparently like i did some research after i bought it but beats headphones are not the best headphones for podcasts there's like some some really good ones that are i forgot what brand it is but there's one that like joe rogan uses for for his program for his podcast, for example. Oh, he's, I think he uses JBL. I'm not fully sure. Or Bose. Could be one of those. But um, um, Actually, give me a second. I'll actually look it up. Probably good information just to know. Just give me a second. It's, I added to my, my cart in Amazon, but I didn't order it yet. Um, oh, Sennheiser. So there's actually a, a headphones called Sennheiser Professional HD 280 Pro. That's apparently the same one that Joe Rogan uses. And also what um, Logan Paul uses in... Um, in his uh, impulsive podcast. Sennheiser? Sennheiser? Yeah, Sennheiser. I can send you the link if you want. Uh, I'm looking at it too, right? Now. Momentum? 
No. Yeah, it's uh, it's Sennheiser Professional HD two eighty Pro. It's actually relatively inexpensive. It's actually cheaper than Beats headphones, like two fifty, three hundred, something like that. Like this is hundred bucks, but apparently it's way better for podcasts, is what I've heard. Oh, so I actually I actually did uh, some Google searching after I bought my equipment. Probably important is that you do it after. I should have done it before I bought stuff. But basically, I I got three different things. I have like a, a microphone stand. A, a Shure SM7B vocal dynamic microphone, and then the Sennheiser thing. These are the three things that Joe Rogan and basically Logan Paul use for their podcast. So Logan Paul is actually interesting because I feel like I read an article, and basically I feel like he basically just told his team buy buy the same equipment that Joe Rogan uses, <laughs> and that's what they did. He would do that. He was a troll kind of, so he would do that. And that's like yeah. a smart move on his part because less to worry, right? Just do what the greats are doing, and that's it. We'll yeah, it. exactly. So it's like you just you just have your team just watch a bunch of Joe Rogan podcasts and like like extreme zoom in on on the equipment he's using, so you can find out what they're using. We should, watch, we should have like a watch a listening party of Joe Rogan, and just both of our thoughts should just merge together. It should be like a podcast episode. It'd be sick. Just because I love listening to Joe Rogan, but there's times where like either it's too long or it's just it's not my 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 interest. But I think that's the beauty of his podcast because. He has so many guests on there. So if you just like someone, like I'm waiting for the day he has like Logan on there or like Gary V or like I, I saw the one with Elon Musk, like, you know, hitting a J or something. And I was like, what the heck? Like, oh, yeah. That got publicized like crazy. I remember that. And then I saw like Kevin, uh, Kevin Hart obviously on there as well. And it was just like inspiring because like you just see like how Joe Rogan was just like a, re- he could have just been a regular announcer for, you know, uh, like, you know, just like, oh, fighting matches and doing that. But the fact that he wakes up like 4 a.m. and like does these like three hour interviews and also capitalizes on his day to day daylight time is so interesting because, uh, you know, a lot of people can say they wake up at 4 a.m., but he wakes up at 4 a.m. He makes sure you're there at 4 a.m. And then on top of that, and I don't know if he does it for every guest, but I think majority of the time he for these podcasts specifically, he does it very like he even said in his thing, he's very habitual he likes to be in a a, like a cycle loop that will like kind of like let him be him and he goes by a lot of research so he's a great when it comes to that but yeah he gets guests on there at a certain time and uh you know he's just able to kind of deliver because like that's three-hour podcast that's like a movie you know but it's like when you're driving to like i don't know like six seven hour road trip dude like the best thing to listen to yeah, especially because it's you hear so much diverse perspective. So what got me wanting to create a podcast is actually listening to podcasts like that, right? Listening to Joe Rogan, listening to Impulsive. Because Impulsive, too, it has some great guests. It's like I learned so much from that podcast he had with Gary Vee, so much from that podcast that he had with, uh, with um, what's his name? I'm drawing a blank. The, the coach, the life coach guy. Uh, I'm drawing a blank here. Uh, wait, the life coach. Um, the one that's, like, all over YouTube. The one that's all over instagram crap i'm drawing a blank was it dan barzoni what the fuck guy his name dan no no not 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 dan bilzerian uh, hold on I'll, I'll be able to find it in one second i just have to uh, tony robbins oh grant, grant cardone There's... yeah grant cardone too yeah grant cardone was good too he's big in real estate yeah i Tony Robbins was good. He's funny as hell, dude. Yeah, but I mean, the stuff he talked about was crazy. It's like so eye-opening. 
so like I, I actually love some of the guests he had and like the most recent one that I saw was the one with Snoop Dogg which was interesting too Tony Robbins was the guy with the like what do you call it, the health issue and he like life around like I think he couldn't like walk or something right oh yeah, yeah. he had some kind of back injury or, or it was something like that and then he had some stem cells done in I think it was Venezuela it's some Latin right yeah the stem excuse cell- me yeah. yeah exactly yeah so he found some he found some clinics in somewhere in Latin America. I feel like it was Venezuela, but it might be somewhere else. Basically got a bunch of stem cell research and he came back stronger than ever. And then he then he talked about all this stuff about like new supplements that are coming out called NMN, which is all surrounded around mitochondrial efficiency. And it's like basically going to be the new steroids that's all natural, all this type of stuff. So like I found those podcast sessions fascinating just yeah. because like it gets you thinking about stuff you've never thought about before. Right, because as we grow up, we're told like the basics, right? Like steroids are bad for you because it gives uh, guys who work out with libido and it gives guys like those veins. But in the future, they have like issues with like, you know, being fertile, being like strong, being like, you know, as keeping their. It does a lot of like wear and tear to your body, more or less, right? But then when you see these guys that use it, it's like they're using it in a way where it's like it's ch- it's uh, reinventing the wheel, right? To sort of speak and like it's giving you. The word steroid a positive platform or gradients almost to right so. oh yeah 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 absolutely because basically it's it's steroid without the negative right it's it's all natural ingredients that basically just enhance your bodily functions the way that they're intended to be so it's like have you ever heard of stuff about ashwagandha yeah i take it i take it actually yeah it's, it's like the same concept right so ashwagandha has a side benefit of increasing testosterone levels correct i don't know if you know that and so if you increase testosterone levels, that helps with muscle gain, that helps with overall drive, you know, energy drive, all that kind of stuff. And so it's basically, you know, tapping into natural elements like that that exist in the world and using them as a substitute for some of the artificial stuff such as steroids. Yeah, and and it definitely like it, and and like GNC puts KM, KMS sixty six in it, which I think is also like an, a really good like anxiety and depression. So and and at the same time, it's uh, ashwagandha is known like from studies and stuff. My uh, my brother takes it too, and and it's a very healthy supplement, definitely safe, right? So, um, it's just something that's not discussed as often, but it will uh, what do you call it? what would it do? It will definitely like increase your blood level, control your blood sugar. It's also like a, a good muscle muscular stimulant. So- yeah, exactly. Yeah, because it's testosterone. Yeah, I mean, there's so many health benefits, and there's so, the crazy part is there's so many ingredients like that that are not really well known or at least not very talked about yeah no 100 percent. and the thing is like we're like uh, like again like you know and i, I can't stress on this because like, you kind of hit like a good, really good topic too for me is like people think like a lot of these drugs and shit are very like against you but they're not you know it, it's like some of this stuff they put out there there's a reason why they're still out there and people take them all this stuff and if you have side effects like obviously get off the thing because not one size fits all but at the same time, like, you know, um, if it does doing you benefit, like let's say you take it and you feel energetic and you have testosterone and you're like strong and you're like your 15 year old self again, right? Like who's anyone tell you to not take it, right? And um, yeah, I take it. And I've, I I don't take the full dose. I only take half the pill because I like to be like, I mean, I like to be a Vanya about it. <laughs> um, Yeah, like, yeah, I like, just take like half a pill every day and you know, I kind of use it as like a pre-workout supplement. So, because I work out twice a day, I do cardio in the morning, and then later in the day, I do CrossFit. So, 
um it, and i just do it monday to friday sometimes saturday but um yeah you know like it's to me it's like a very natural supplement and it's it's like a plan right from india so it's cool to see that correct me if i'm wrong i'm not fully sure but i think it's a plan from india Ashwagandha. i think you're right yeah i'm pretty sure you're right i think it just started to get popularized in the u.s but i'm pretty sure you're right i think it comes from india just like turmeric right i think turmeric's origin is india Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, that that should like we've been using for decades. Yeah, and it's the same thing. Like turmeric has so many benefits, which I don't think they're publicized enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, so in during the pandemic, my family, you know, we had that whole ritual where you get the groceries and there's a bag and you like clean the bag, right? Like all that stuff. And then mm -hmm. after all that, you used to have like turmeric juice like stuff. So to this day, I still take what my mom makes me. I don't know why I take it, but for some reason, my workouts are more vulgar and I feel much more like in tune with my body when I do a workout versus like sluggish and sloppy in my form. Right. So it gives me the energy that I personally feel to like have better joint, joint, uh, less joint pain, better joint uh, movement, better uh, flexibility and a lot of other stuff that I feel like is happening in the background. Because a lot of times like living in america it's great but we have a lot of preservatives and chemicals in our foods yeah inflammatory yep exactly you so know? all that stuff is so inflammatory and like turmeric is an anti-inflammatory so it just reverses some of the negative effects of all the preservatives and stuff like that right. and speaking on that actually crazy thing um i had never seen turmeric juice and stuff like that before at like cafes and stuff like that but when i visited miami i went to this mall um, in downtown miami and i saw a cafe like a pretty bougie cafe that was selling stuff things like stuff like grapefruit turmeric juice and stuff like that i was like shocked i was like what that's a thing now but apparently like now some of these different like very healthy ingredients they're starting to be incorporated into into like beverages and like bougie places and that are all focused about health health and wellness no definitely and even like they have a term i wanted to say like they had turmeric pills and i'm like bro i could just get this from the indian bazaar for like so so much cheaper but Thank you. I appreciate it. It's good that you're doing this in the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now they're they're finding a way to create a market around it now that they're starting to discover how good that stuff is, which is crazy because at least for South Asian people, we've been using that stuff for generations. Oh, 100%, dude. It has so much research. And it's like, even even uh, like the South, the word South Asian, right? Like we, even in Asia, right? Like even places like China and Japan, the people drink a lot of tea. We drink a lot of tea but with dudes, right? And stuff. So, which is like water, I mean, which is milk. Um, But like even drinking green tea and detox tea and oolong tea, great health benefits, uh, long life expectancies, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, toxins are released and let go from your body. And also it's, it's really healthy for the body to have like warm beverages, right? So like cures like coughs, like um, a lot of like nasal issues and it opens up literally like your arteries. And I feel like a lot of these natural cures have been very downplayed. And um, a lot of these companies are making so much money from just the drugs and drugs are awesome. But at the end of the day, like, I think you should also like ashwagandha literally stick to our roots. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, no, Absolutely. Um, so it is starting to get a little late here, but I mean, this was a fantastic conversation. You know, thank you so much for having me. Um, <laughs> learned quite a bit about, you know, yourself as well as the podcast, you know, what inspired you to do it 
the type of content and what you've been focusing on, as well as some of the equipment. So thank you so much for that. I guess in the next four minutes, if I can just ask one question, just to wrap up um, the question I want to ask about podcast. Um, is there a distribution platform that you use? So like, I know there's a bunch of podcast platforms out there, like Google Podcasts, you have Amazon Music, you have um, Spotify. Um, I'm sure there's others that I haven't thought of on the top of my head here, but yeah. is there is there like, do you have to upload to each of those platforms individually or is there a way to like yeah. mass upload to all these different platforms or like what's the best way to distribute it? Um, yeah, so actually I do do that actually right now. I don't, I don't go on each of them and post. I actually go on uh, Anchor same uh, app i showed you and this thing uh it's like i think you have to it's in the configuration and settings but it'll post to like i think eight or nine networks and it will have all your it's on there but some networks are very picky like for example if you do apple Podcasts, they have uh a music in the background so if you have like copyrighted music or something they don't put it so it has to be like silent like this but if i do like for example spotify spotify doesn't care how much music I use for my intro, my extra, uh, outro, or, uh, you know, just in the middle. And they'll give me like AdSense and stuff. So sometimes I can, you know, monetize some of my videos if I'd like, uh, or make it go towards a specific charity, right? I can even like talk about them. Like sometimes you feel like a, something called a C, I forgot the name, CPM or something, whatever it is called, but it's good. Like it's like affiliated marketing almost. And it, they, they pay you to say some of their, products and stuff like as you see some of these influencers and stuff say uh but yeah yo i appreciate the outro that you gave me already <laughs> for my own podcast and uh yeah i'm gonna say the outro too now but like yo it was great having you dude uh i think series two would be great with you and having a series for your name and what you're whenever you decide on your podcast branding and stuff i'm always there for you to help you out and stuff and yeah we can always take this you know outside of the podcast know each other in person as well but yo thanks so much Geto, for coming on and bro hope you feel better man i feel like you're you know you need to recover a little bit so no doubt all right man all right cool take care man yeah